You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. Amen. When you worship, he fills the temple. When you worship, he fills the temple. The temple that we want him to fill is not just this sanctuary. The temple that we want him to fill is all of us inside. Greater is he that's in us, right? So when we worship the Lord, when we magnify the Lord, he's setting down inside of your temple. Setting down inside of your temple. And that's what we all desire. That's what we all need. That's what we all want. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, I went to a revival this week and uh, pastor ministered on Romans 12, 1 and 2 almost all week long. Uh, that, was, that was the daily read. And, uh, you know, he went in several different directions. Uh, but I came home and I, I pulled a, a Randy Efall and I got out my concordance and, and I started digging in to myself and... Uh, I don't know that I've ever done that before. I, I felt I wanted to go a different direction, uh, but the Lord kept bringing this back to me, so that's where we're going to be tonight. So if you would, out of reverence for the Word of God, would you please stand with me? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Pastor Rita, would you bless? Heavenly Father, it is with expectation and anticipation we yes, come into God. your house tonight. I thank you for this morning's service, but as Carrie said, tonight is tonight. Yes, we need Lord. you afresh yes, and anew. Yes, so, Father, Lord. I pray tonight that the fire and the flame and the sparks mm. from Asbury yes, would Lord come God. north, Father. Yes, Lord and, God. Father, that you would set mm. West Virginia on fire. They say that West Virginia is the heart of the nation. Mm. I pray that you would Holy set God. this little town of Meadowbrook, Shinston, Bridgeport, and Clarksburg yes, on God. fire. Father, I have learned to turn a deaf ear and to CNN and to Fox and to turn off the TV. And I have tuned my ear toward the north. Yes, and I have tuned my ear toward heaven. And I hear the sound yes, of a Lord rushing God. mighty wind. Yes, and Father, I yes, know Lord that God. this wind is going to yes, blow. Yes. And it's going to bring anointing yes. Yes, and Lord healing. God. You are a God mm. of surprises. Mm. You are a God of suddenness. Mm. And I feel, Father, that there's going to be a mighty move and a mighty glory, revival glory, glory. so people will leave mm. Asbury and come to Meadowbrook, West yes, Virginia. Father, we give you Hallelujah. this service. Bless but you, tonight our pastor mm. Aaron needs your anointing. Mm. He Bless studied. You, He's prepared. He's got an outline. Father, I pray that every word and every syllable drip with anointing. Let it be coated with the anointing yes, and that it would fall on good ears yes, and God. good soil. And as I always say, Father, when the last light is turned off and the last mm. door is 
locked uh, that we can say it was good to have been Amen. in the house yes, of the Lord, Lord this yes, night. Lord. We give you mm. honor. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Yes, we God. raise an Ebenezer Hallelujah. tonight. We remember Hallelujah. what you've done Hallelujah. in the past. Glory. We remember prayers that you've glory, answered. Glory, but glory. my heart beats with mm. anticipation of what you're about to do just because you can and you are who you are. Anoint my pastor tonight. We ask glory, in glory, Jesus' glory, name. Glory. Amen. Amen. Let's give you a glad hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul is inviting us Christians to respond appropriately to the mercies of God. And how do we do that? We respond by presenting ourselves, our body, as a living sacrifice. How many of you know in order to be a living sacrifice, you must die to your flesh? Jesus is the living sacrifice. Jesus had to die in order so that we could live. Without his sacrifice, we would still be dead in sins. Amen? By show of hands, how many of you want to be used by God? Huh? How many of you? Devin? You don't want? Okay. Okay. Huh? Okay. Huh? then we must realize that we're a living sacrifice and that we have to die to ourselves, amen? The Old Testament sacrifices were to be holy and without blemish. Exodus 12 and five, your lamb shall be without blemish and male the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. The Old Testament sacrifice, sheep or goat, would to be sacrificed for our sins. But our sins, Jesus covered that, the Lamb of God sacrificed. But we also remember that God told Abraham at the great age of 99 years old in Genesis 17 and 1, I am Almighty God. Walk before me blameless. God always has been, always will be the God who wants us to walk blameless. We may not be perfect. We may sin and fall short of the glory of God, which the Bible tells us, right? But he is asking us to do the best that we can to put away those things of the world and to walk blameless before him. Amen? Amen. Sacrifice is to set yourself apart. Sacrifice is to set yourself apart for God. The Israelites had to set those lambs apart for 14 days. And in those 14 days, they would continue to examine them and make sure that it was without spot or blemish. We need to set ourselves apart every morning and examine our hearts to be prepared for the day. We need to examine our thought process. Is it without blemish? Is it spotless? What's inside of us that we may need to ask God to change the nature of our heart, to change the nature of our mindset so that we can go through our day trying to be holy as he's asking us to be. They set that that apart specifically for God's purpose. And God called you specifically for his purpose, that you would set yourself apart from the world for his purpose. They set it apart so that the death angel would pass over, that the blood of the lamb spared their lives. Amen? Amen. So we're thankful for Jesus. Romans 6 and 18 says, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. As Abram was a servant to God, God said, be blameless. To be a living sacrifice, we have to be blameless. No sin, no shame, no blame, just free. Amen. When we fully surrender to God as a living sacrifice, 
that's when we'll see our spiritual growth. Amen, Becky? Is that what you felt over the week? You felt some spiritual growth because you just surrendered yourself. You know, I, I lift up that white flag and, and, I, and I wave it around as a banner unto God. But I think, about, I think about the movies that I watch, you know, whether or not it's true in real war, but you'd always see that white flag, meaning I surrender. That's my heart of worship. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm waving that flag, that's all that I'm doing is saying, Lord, I surrender to you. I just want the fullness of who you are. I surrender to you. You know, I, I, God calls us to move. He doesn't just call us to sit still, but he really does. He wants you to move. He wants you to feel comfortable in your own skin to just move, to worship however it is. We gotta, we gotta learn to just put off those people beside of us. You know, Cindy, Cindy hates whenever I'm, I'm worshiping and we're standing next to each other because I, I, I throw out those hands and every now and then I bump her and she's like, you interrupt my worship. Well, I can't help it. It's the freedom that I have. The reason I like to be right here on Sunday, Sunday mornings and any other time is because everybody else is behind me and there's no distractions. There's no distractions. It's just me and God. And that's the way it is at my house. He says, be a living sacrifice. That's the way it is in my house. I go downstairs in the living room by myself and I just worship. It's my sacrifice. He's calling us to be a living sacrifice. That's sacrificing unto God. You want to grow in God? You want that spiritual growth? You want to go deeper? You got to sacrifice your time. You got to sacrifice your prayer time, your worship time. Your study time, that's being a sacrifice. There's so many other distractions that we could have. But if we set it apart for God, we'll see that spiritual growth begin in our lives. Holy, acceptable unto God. Holy, we are to be physically pure, morally blameless, innocent, pleasing to God. I'll say it again. We are to be physically pure, morally blameless, innocent, pleasing to God. I don't always meet those standards. You know, when we look at Samson and his life, his mom and dad were informed to raise him up a certain way. And Samson's life was pretty good. And he had a few instructions. Don't eat anything that's unclean and don't put a razor to your head. A lion came at him, he slayed the lion, he ripped it apart. And then one day he's going by that lion again and there's a buzzing going on and he goes in and he examines it and there's honey. But that honey is in something that's unclean. And what's he do? He doesn't just take a bite, he takes some and he feeds his mom and dad. Mm. Don't take a razor to your head, Samson. What happens? Delilah winds up chucking his head, shaving it. Living sacrifice. It's all Samson was. God gave instructions, just as God clearly gives us instructions. But he failed, just like most of us. But God still used him. God still turned it around for his good. Amen? He's calling us to be holy. He's calling us to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. The Greek word for service is worship. While we're trying to present ourselves blameless, in which we all fall short of doing, Paul is telling us to worship God. How do we do that? Again, that living sacrifice comes out. We got to intentionally turn that TV off. We got to turn the TV off. I come home, I'm just as guilty as anybody. I come home from a long day and, and, and I sit down and I just want to watch TV with Cindy. I turn it on. I don't sacrifice to God at that moment. I'm sacrificing to worldly things. He's just asking us. You know, I, I, may, I may praise all day long, but does my wife see it? Because I'm the man of the house. I'm the priest of the house. Does my wife hear me singing all day long in the car unto God? No, she doesn't see that. So I don't set an example before her. Do my children see that? No, they see me come home and they see me turn on the worldly TV. They don't see me sacrificing for God. The people that I'm sacrificing for, I go out and, and I minister all day long. But when it comes to my household, mm, thank you, Jesus. When it comes to my household, I'm falling short of that. He just put that in my spirit, that I fall short of that. I'm the priest of my house. And I ain't leading it the way that I need to as a living sacrifice. I come home and I turn the world on. I'm sorry. He says, he's telling us to worship. Put a song of praise in your mouth. In Psalms 29 and 2, he says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Mm. How do you do that? You worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. I mean, you think the worship service was strong and powerful this morning. It can be like that just at your own house. When you get in the presence of God, when you start, when you really start sacrificing your time, whenever I went downstairs last night and it was just by myself and I turned on worship music, I could feel the presence. And it's a sweet, sweet presence that overcame me. I was tired. I was worn out. And I needed that strength, the joy of the Lord, right? Psalms 96, one, I got a bunch of them here. Four, six, eight, nine, eleven. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of the holiness, fear before him, all the earth. Again, remember, this is our reasonable service. That's what he's asking for, our reasonable service. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. You know, you say, well, that's just Old Testament. That's all that they ever did was worship the Lord. Well, let's go to Revelations. Chapter 4, 10 and 11, the 24 elders fall before him, casting their crowns, worshiping God, saying, Thou art holy, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are 
and were created. You were and are created for his good pleasure. All things on earth. Why do you not worship? Man, I love to get up early and I love to lay in, in, in my dining room before the, before the French doors and I can just see the birds in the morning and I can hear them singing. They're singing praise unto their creator. They're singing praise unto their creator. It just opens up my heart with gladness whenever I hear it. I hear them singing unto the creator. It makes me smile. Revelations 4 and 8 says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Our reasonable service. Your worship, your worship is what makes him fill the temple. Your worship is what makes him fill the temple. Revelations 5, 11 through 14, John looks and hears many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. Circling the throne, singing, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Our reasonable service. This is heaven. John's in heaven. He's seeing it around the throne. All things in heaven and earth with all that is in them singing to who who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory forever and ever. He continues the four living creatures say amen and the elders fall down and worship the Lord. Listen, your worship, it ain't gonna be pretty. Pastor Kerry laid out this morning, Rebecca on her knees, Jordan on her knees. Worship's not always gonna be pretty. Worship doesn't always have to just be standing still. You're allowed to dance. You're allowed to move. You're allowed to do things. In that revival I was at, there, there was freedom. I saw people break loose and dance. They had freedom. The Lord, the Spirit moved up on them because they started worshiping. And it wasn't any, any crazy dance. She was just side to side. She was just moving across the sanctuary, just right across in front of the altar, just offering up her worship. It wasn't anything undignified. It wasn't anything stupid. That was what the Lord had just put up on her and she just started moving. A living sacrifice. She desired much more and she got a taste of something much more. She hadn't had rest. She hadn't had rest in her life for a long time. She's been sleepless. She said, I, I, on, on Friday night she testified, I could only get two hours of sleep. But I slept for the first time for 10 hours and so long. How? She just started dancing. She got undignified. She got a little bit crazy. She just said, I need this, Lord. I'm going to act, I'm going to sacrifice. I might look stupid before you, but I'm just going to start opening up my heart. I'm going to look crazy for you. And she comes back and says, my God touched me last night. I got 10 hours of sleep. I ain't had 10 hours of sleep in so long. God touched and moved and healed. He's still in the healing business, believe it or not. He still wants a people that's going to put out a heart of praise. Because he wants to fill the temple with what? With his power, with his glory, with his wisdom, with his strength, with his honor, with his glory, with his wealth. He wants to change us. We need to give God praise because he desires it and he deserves it. What else, what else can we give him but our praise? 
God's the creator of heaven and earth and all living things. Psalms 50, 10 through 12 says, for every beast of the forest is mine. This is God. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountain and the wild beasts of the field are mine. I'm pretty sure he's saying, they're all mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. It's all his. If he needs something, he can pluck it up and take it for himself. It's all his. So what else do we have to offer but a praise unto the creator of all things? John 15 and 13 says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. God owns it all and God gave it all. What, do you, what does he expect? He expects the heart of worship. Your reasonable service is to worship the Lord God Almighty. Your reasonable service is to worship the Lord God Almighty. We gotta get undignified. We gotta get a little bit different. We gotta do it. You want more of God, you gotta do it. You gotta open up your reasonable service. You gotta open up your mouth. It doesn't matter what you sound like. I don't care because I don't sound good either. And whenever I shut my eyes, I'm not even in the same line with them. I don't even know where I'm at. But God doesn't care. And the church that I go to for revival, listen, if you don't walk in there ready to worship, you're gonna be lost anyway because the drums are loud, the guitars are loud, and you can't hear the singers. So I walk in there knowing this, and I stand at an altar, and I just say, holy, 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 because I can't even hear the words. Our worship matters because he wants to come inside of us. He has a heart for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Give God a hand clap. Do you believe that? He's got a heart for you. He gave his only begotten son because he's got a heart for each and every one of us. He died on a cross. Jesus gave his own self up to do the will of the Father because you're that valuable to the kingdom of heaven. Amen? <laughs> Worship isn't just for church services. Pretty sure I've established that. Worship is not an obligation. Worship is an act of love. Love poured out. Love poured out of your heart unto a God who gave everything for you. We gotta get through, you know, those old timers, they say you gotta pray till you break through. You gotta pray, Pastor Kerry gave us a minute to say let the Lord speak to you. And that's what we gotta do. Rebecca said, I've never felt the presence of just resting. And that's where it's at when we worship the Lord and, and, and it's not out of, God, out of obligation, and it's out of our heart when we worship the Lord and we just learn to sit down and just rest, rest. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm standing there and he told me, he told me in that silence right there, he said, I'm gonna press you. He spoke something to me. Did anybody else take time or did you start letting thoughts run through your head? Because the Lord said something. Listen, what he did, what he did for these people in this Bible, what he did for the disciples, he took them, he groomed them, he trained them, he gave instructions and he said, go. He's doing the same to us. That's all that he wants to do is give the instructions and say, go. You're anointed. I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen. To be a living sacrifice, we gotta worship. God expects it, believe it or not. He expects it. 
Just as using Samson, he expected Samson to be a good boy and not go unclean. He expects us to live clean. Believe it or not, he enjoys your praise. No matter what you sound like, he enjoys your praise because it's coming from your heart. And it's an atmosphere of love because when you're singing unto God, it's all about him and it ain't about anybody else that hears you. It's all about him. It's all about what he's done for you. The past couple of days, all I've had is victory in Jesus in my heart. I even opened it up for Cindy this morning. She's listening to, to, to worship, how she's supposed to sing like, and, and I'm like, I, I overcame all that and just put on victory of Jesus. She looked at me and said, what are you doing? I'm like, it's time, to, it's time to have a little victory in Jesus this morning. That's all I can tell you. It's on me. Psalms 22 and 3, why do we worship? But thou art holy, O thou that inhabit the praises of Israel. You are the children of the Most High God, and God loves to hear your praise. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. Turn off your secular music. Lay it down. Turn on your worship music and get lost in his presence. It's your reasonable service. He's just looking for you to be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he goes into, whenever we do that, it changes things. Verse two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, that TV, it conforms us to the world. That music that we listen to conforms us to the world. Conformed in the concordance means same pattern. So when we're paying attention to those things that are not godly, we start getting in the same pattern as those things. The Israelites in Ezra 9, the Israelites mixed and married people that were not Israelites. And God was not happy with them. They repented in chapter 10 and came back unto the Lord. And I always thought and I always say, you know, it's the people that we are around that conform us. My wife was a good girl all of her life until she met me. And I conformed her into a way I should not have. I'm thankful that she drug me to church. Even though we weren't living right, I'm thankful for that. In Leviticus 11, 44 and 45, it says, For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourself, which means to, be, to, clean, means to clean yourselves, it means to dedicate yourself, and you shall be holy. Why? For I am holy, says the Lord. Neither shall you defile yourself with any manner of creepy thing that creepeth up on the earth. And when we think about that, when you start thinking about the creepy thing and the things that creep up on the earth, you remember Genesis when God said, you shall crawl upon your belly. He cursed Satan. So anything that's creepeth, anything that's creepy is of the devil and we need to put it away. We need to say, I recognize you. You're of the devil, and we need to divide ourselves, separate ourselves from that in the name of Jesus. Amen? Don't let anything 
come up against you. God cursed Satan and he wants to bless you. Satan wants to curse you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Do not let that happen. God says, sanctify yourself. Be holy. Do not defile, do not defile yourself with any manner. In verse 45, he says, for I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. And you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Egypt always, we know, represents the bondage of sin. God brought us, each of us, up out of that bondage. So don't go back into that bondage. Separate yourselves. Listen, how are you going to share Jesus if you look and act like the devil? Huh? How are you going to share Jesus if you go into the bars and you're drinking six packs, you're taking shots of tequila with one another? How are you going to represent Jesus? The next day they see you out. How, how are you supposed to share Jesus whenever you're sober? He's calling us to be sober. He's calling us to be sober-minded. He's calling us to be blameless before him. How are we going to act blameless if we're doing worldly things? How can we do that? He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Instead of being conformed to the world, instead of just allowing and accepting everything that's going on, we need to be transformed. When I think about that, I think about Moses being up on top of the mountain. Listen, he was worshiping God with all of his heart. He was just being quiet. He was getting the 10 commandments and what was going on at the bottom of the mountain. Huh? Those people who got brought out of that bondage, out of that sin, they couldn't hear God. They weren't just resting. They weren't worshiping the Lord. They, they, got, they got idle where they was just wanted to start building a calf unto the Egypt gods. They wanted to start worshiping the things that they knew instead of just worshiping God who delivered them out of sin. They wanted to go back. God doesn't want us to go back. He wants to transfigure us. Believe it or not, Moses came off the mountain. He looked completely different. The spirit of God was upon him. The spirit of God is inside of you. Greater is he. Touch your stomach right now and say, greater is he. Greater is he. Touch your stomach. Greater is he that's in me than that's in the world. Right? Where's the, where's the water flowing from? Rivers of living water. Where are they flowing from? Huh? Out of your belly. Out of your belly. And if it's flowing out of your belly, where is it going? To the top, right? It's going to the top. It's transforming your mind, right? It's transforming you. If you got rivers of living water inside of you, it's transforming the thought process. It's transforming the heart because the Holy Spirit, the one that's inside of you, is just renewing your spirit, renewing the presence of the Lord. But we got to get in His presence. And how do we do that? That reasonable service of worshiping the Lord. Amen. He wants to transform us. We're not the same that we used to be. He's not, he's not a, a, a God who's selfish. Mm. Whew. He's not a God that's selfish. He's a God that pours out the anointing. He, Jesus gave it to his disciples and he said, go. He said, go. He wants to do things through us. Listen, when we get changed, it may not necessarily be the outside presence that's changed, right? But what about the words that you used to speak? Hmm? Your words changed. Your actions changed. I can tell you, whew, your love changes. I can tell you one of the greatest testimonies that I ever had. One of the kids that worked for me, I worked food service all my life. And, and, and overnight, he said, I've witnessed you go from hell to heaven. All because of my words and because of my action, because of my love. The world sees you 
and they wanna see you go from hell to heaven. Your family, they wanna see you go from hell to heaven. They wanna see you in a different light because they need to see the truth. And when God changes you, you gotta separate yourself. My brother is two years older than me. He's still going back to jail and back to things, but I've separated myself from him. All I do is love on him. I tell him about Jesus because I've been changed and he recognizes it and he sees it. But it ain't changed him until he fully waves the white flag of surrenderance. Amen. We're changed. Our giving is changed. We're changed through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The transformation brings a renewing in our mind, in our thoughts. We start thinking positive. It directs the impact of our lives on people, the environment around us, the family around us. Why? So that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Prove means to test and to prove by practice. You prove God by faith in your tithe. It tells us in Malachi 3 and 10, bring you all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts. Who said it? What did he say? He said, prove me. He said, prove me, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There's a change in your giving because when you start giving, you know, I got two people that I watch give all the time and I didn't understand it, but the more I do it, seriously, I got more. I got more. It may not come back in a greenback, but I got more. I got more. I got more. Second Corinthians six and four, but in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience in afflictions in necessities and in distress. You're going to prove how you carry yourself by your character, by the fruit of the spirit that's inside of you in your patience, in the afflictions you go through in the necessities. Man, God is Jehovah Jireh. He supplies all of your needs. Believe it or not, He takes care of your business. I will continue to testify. You know, the Lord sent me into a a Christian theology class and Cindy and I, I I told her, I said, I feel like the Lord's telling me I got to go. It was in Florida. I said, I feel like the Lord's telling me I got to go next week to to Florida. One of the requirements was I had to go three three times a year, a a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I said, the Lord's telling me I got to go next weekend. And she said, Aaron, we ain't got the money. I said, honey, I'm just telling you. And we started this little debate and it wasn't anything real heated. She just knows she's the accountant in the family. Okay. And uh, she said, we ain't got it. And I said, well, let's eat dinner. It was about five minutes later. We're eating dinner. The phone rings and I'd asked a couple people to sponsor me and the phone rings. She says, Hey, my husband and I have prayed about it and we would love to sponsor you. When do you need that money? Next Wednesday. So uh, God's telling me to go down next Friday. God is Jehovah Jireh. God is Jehovah Jireh. I don't know if you can get fired up, but he's Jehovah Jireh to me. I tell you what, he supplies all my needs according to his glorious riches. Huh? He's Jehovah Jireh. I don't know what you're sitting there for. Huh? Your worship, a reasonable servant. If you can't praise him, 
how's he going to supply it? Huh? If you can't stand and praise him, how's he going to give it? It's a reasonable service of worship. Huh? He's Jehovah Jireh. He'll meet your needs. He'll meet your needs each and every time. But you got to give him the worship. You got to give him the worship. Man, I tell you, with winter times, whenever I was, whenever I was in a restaurant and the university was shut down and I didn't have benefits that covered me through, through vacations, she can testify. We, we cleaned driveways. We didn't do it. We didn't do it for money. But specifically, that $50 or that $100, never more than what we needed. Never more than what we needed. Always what we needed. That's the God that we serve. That's through the reasonable service of worship. That's being transformed in the renewing of our mind, in the renewing of our heart to just realize that God is who he says that he is. And all he wants is your sacrifice. All he wants is your worship, your love. He wants you to pour it out unto him. Do you not realize that you're the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Hmm. Listen, God gives commands. When pastor gives an altar call, seriously, we, we all take it as an invitation. But really, he's commanding us to come down and turn everything over to God. He's saying, come down here and surrender it. And I know we receive it as an invitation, but listen, God says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen, that's not an invitation, believe it or not. It says, come to me. Whenever, whenever, and God laid this on me before service. And whenever I think about it, man, whenever I play football, Scotty, he could come over here. And he'd grab me by the face mask, and he'd tell me what I'm doing wrong. And then he'd send me back in the game. Right? He said, come over here. And then he would say, Go. And do what I'm telling you to do. And that's what God's saying. It's not an invitation. It's a command to come. Come unto me. Come unto me. You're heavy. You're laden. I can see it. Listen, if you come unto me, I'll fill you back up so you can go and preach the gospel as I'm telling you to do. What's he tell us? Huh? That, that's in red letters. It's in red letters. Jesus is speaking it to us. It's in red letters. It's in great big red bold letters. Say, come. It's not an invitation. It's a command. You want rest? You want rest? You come in here on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Wednesday, whatever it is, you, you come unto him. It's not out of obligation. It's a command. At home, whenever you're feeling heavy laden, you feel burdened, Come, get in your prayer closet. Come, and I will give you rest. Why? So you can go out and preach the gospel as I'm commanding you to go. He wants you filled up all the time. Not just sometime, not a little bit of anointing. Whoo, glory, 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 glory. What's he tell us? Jesus stood up and he said, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year 
of the Lord. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Listen, God has created us in his image and in his image means in his image. And he wants to take us from glory to glory. And that means you gotta worship the Lord. That means you gotta come in and sacrifice your heart in your home and in your church because he wants to fill you up with anointing so that you can go out and proclaim the gospel so that you can go out and heal the brokenhearted, so that you can go out and proclaim liberty to the captives, so that you can go out and help people recover sight, so that you can set liberty that those are oppressed, so that you can proclaim that the Lord God Almighty is who he is. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. If you will, close your, close your eyes and bow your heads. Woo, glory, glory, glory. The Lord is good. The Lord is good all the time. Lord, again, this altar's open. If you come in here heavy with anything, listen, it's not an invitation. You heard it preached. It's a command, come and lay it down. Open up your heart tonight and let God fill it up with whatever you are asking for. Listen, Rebecca, I saw on Facebook, she's asking for the fire to be inside of her every single day of her life. I saw it. What are you asking for? What'd you hear the Lord tell you whenever we took that moment of silence before, before we started preaching? What'd he tell you? If, he didn't, if you didn't hear, if it wasn't clear, come back and say, Lord, I'm coming back to you because I want to be filled up. I want my temple to be filled with your holiness. He said, when you worship me, I will fill the temple. Is there any in here tonight? That would say, I've never confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Is any in here? Does anybody need Jesus tonight as their Savior? Is there one tonight that would say, I need Jesus? And while Pastor Kerry sings, I would, in, I would encourage you to get out of your seat. I would encourage you to come down here and worship the Lord. I would encourage you to come and just say, inhabit my praise. Inhabit my praise because I desire you. I desire more of you, God. I want to be so on fire for you that it's an overflow. Whenever I'm sitting at work tomorrow in my chair, that the people next to me, they see me like Moses was seen. That there's a transfiguration upon me. That the glory of the Lord is shining through my heart. Just come, come, he's saying, come. Ask him if you're desiring stuff, if you need things, come, come. God wants you. Listen, you don't need a man or a woman to pray for you, believe it or not. All you need is to get in God's presence. All you need to get in his glory and he will heal you, he will fill you up, he will give you more than you can handle. But all you gotta do is come. Come unto God and open up, be truthful and just tell him what you need. He just wants your presence. He wants your heart. He wants your honesty. He wants your brokenness. He wants whatever you need to lay down tonight. He wants it all. He wants you. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be filled up. He just wants you. What a powerful service. What a powerful day every day of our lives should, we should feel this way not because of who we are but because of who our God is every day get lost in his presence 
Let him fill you so that you can go. And when you're tired, come back to him. Let him refresh you. Let him fill you up so that you can go. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 